Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the Between Movements podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different. I won't be interviewing anyone. Instead, I'll just be talking about a particular topic, which I find quite interesting. And it has to do with scale practice, or more specifically, why I don't regularly practice my scales anymore. This is an extremely controversial opinion, and I tell the story of why I came to this place. Uh, I hope you find it interesting. Um, and for those who haven't checked out my YouTube channel, please go ahead and do so. It's josh.v.music. There you'll find some of my vlogs and several recordings and performances. So without further ado, here's the podcast. So I'm not normally the kind of guy that likes to stir up controversy. And in fact, I usually try to steer as far away from it as I can. So it was a little bit surprising when I made this statement and it ended up being discussed for the better part of an hour back and forth with strong disagreements on both sides. And partly it was surprising because I didn't know that it would be so controversial or perhaps I didn't even know that others felt so strongly about this issue. I actually don't even remember why I ended up saying it or what preceded it or followed in the conversation. But it was an ethnomusicology course that I took about a year ago for my DMA program. And the style of this class was not the typical lecture and take notes class. Instead, this professor preferred to arrange the seats in a circle and have this forum style conversation about the topics that we read for homework. It was a considerable amount of reading, by the way. Uh, hundreds of pages a week, literally. And we covered all these fascinating topics like West African drumming, Navajo, peyote ceremony music, and Balinese, Javanese, gamelan ensembles, Tuvan throat singing, much, much more. Uh, but your grade was determined partly by your writing on these various topics. We had this final project at the end of the semester, but a good percentage of the grade was on class participation in this kind of dialogue of of forum style dialogue and so one day i said i don't practice my scales and i haven't practiced them in years i mean i can play all my scales but if i'm already playing this difficult repertoire and all these etudes then i don't really see the need to practice scales uh when i'm at this level or i said something like that <clears throat> And the class pretty much went nuts because to a room full of musicians, it would probably have been less controversial if I had said I was a hardcore communist or belonged to some kind of a cult or something. And I was definitely the odd one in the group, although a few people seemed to understand my reasoning. And I'm not sure that anyone actually totally agreed with my view, which is fine. I'm not trying to convince anyone to do the same, but I still stick to this method, or at least I am for now. And I remember the first time that I heard a teacher suggest that we place far too much emphasis on scale playing as musicians. It was in my undergrad degree in this piano literature class I took, and the teacher said that if you look at the classical music repertoire, the number of times that we actually play scales in parallel motion or even arpeggios in parallel motion is actually quite rare. Um, there are, of course, scalar passages, but <clears throat> as far as playing them up and down 
constantly nonstop hands together um, that instance is quite rare and it runs the risk of becoming a mechanical exercise that you don't actually think about it becomes just muscle memory uh, at this point when I heard this in my undergrad I did practice my scales daily and so when I heard him say that I thought well that's kind of weird and I I sort of dismissed it continued practicing my scales but sooner or later I realized that I couldn't get this thought out of my head and I began to notice that when I was playing my scales my mind would always be drifting and I already knew them so it seemed a little bit pointless for me to keep doing the same motion over and over mechanically and so I stopped practicing my scales as much. Now fast forward to my master's degree and my piano teacher was insistent about the fact that I needed to completely change basically everything about my playing and my technique. In my very first lesson she made me play scales and I remember she walked into the other room for a little while and I was just playing and she came back about five minutes later and told me everything I was doing incorrectly like I was sitting too close my wrist was too high I wasn't rotating my arm at the top of the scale um, I didn't have enough crescendo and I didn't get energy from the weight of my arm and my you know because I was trying to rely on my pinky and my back muscles and chest and all this stuff and um, I was completely shocked that she could hear all of that without even seeing me and she was <clears throat> she was completely right in what she assessed I just couldn't believe that a person could understand the physicality of playing so well that even without watching, she could diagnose all these technical problems with this kind of pinpoint accuracy. So definitely I was hooked at that point. I thought for sure um, that my teacher had the magic formula for me to play better. And so she made me practice my scales and arpeggios religiously pointing out all these inconsistencies in the sound, like the unevenness, the certain notes that would stick out here and there, or the tension in my shoulders, or the fact that my fourth finger buckled, and the way I wasn't moving in my chair, um, I wasn't swaying correctly, and the way my wrists were too low, or that I was sitting too close, and and the list goes on and on. Scales and every other piece I was working on, for that matter, became this kind of hyper introspectively critical activity for me and I began to obsess over the fact that I could never get the evenness or the tone that I really wanted. I did begin to make progress I think but um, I began to obsess over these details so much <clears throat> that I think my overall music making started to kind of suffer. Um, nothing I did was good enough and whenever I would bring in a piece, my teacher would tear it apart at the micro level. Uh, and we would sometimes quite literally spend two hours on just five or ten bars of music. Um, over time, I began to realize I was actually getting worse. And I think it was more of a mental thing. My confidence began to suffer immensely. And I used to think that I was a talented musician or that I that I was in the right field, and I suddenly began to think that I couldn't do anything right. I began to question whether I was in the right field at all, whether I should quit. 
and I'd film myself and I'd become dissatisfied with the way I sat or the way I curved my fingers wrong or the way my wrist always looked like it was too high. And I did this with scales as well as pieces. I thought about the angles of the wrist in proportion to my body. I thought about it when I was at the keyboard and I thought about it when I was away from the keyboard, when I was commuting on the bus or the train or when I was in class. So about a year after I graduated, I decided to stop taking lessons. I quit for a year. I didn't stop playing. I, I continued playing. I just didn't take any lessons. And eventually I experienced some kind of progress. I didn't change any of the methods, but I think psychologically it was helpful to not have someone criticizing my each and every movement or facial expression or musical idea or phrase or the way I didn't use my shoulder correctly. And it wasn't until my doctorate that a friend of mine began to explain a separate philosophy of technique which focuses less on mechanics and more on the end result. This was discussed at length in the book The Inner Game of Tennis by Timothy Galway. Basically, it picks external rather than internal focus points and uses the body's method of subconscious learning to figure out how to get to your goal. Or in other words, for music, all the focus is on the sound, and then your body will figure out a way to get there. I was extremely skeptical of this approach at first because I had spent the last six years of my life trying to learn my body so well and control it so well that to all of a sudden try to do the opposite seemed absurd. And so I was very skeptical. But then I started to experiment with it more and more, and I found that I was getting more and more positive results. And the irony, in fact, is it was only when I made this shift in my thinking of when I stopped trying to control my body and I started thinking about the end results of the sound that I began finding myself achieving these t techniques on a physical level that my teacher had tried to get me to do. So it seemed like an inverse process for me because I wasn't trying to do that, but I found myself doing it. My body was starting to do what I had tried to make it do for so long. So the only difference is that now instead of the technique being the means through which the sound was achieved, it became a byproduct of the sound itself. And to me, that made all the difference in the world. And I'm not trying to knock the teacher for her method. She definitely understood what she wanted, and she had an amazing sound, an amazing musician, great ears. She taught me a lot in terms of how to listen for a sound. Without her input, I would not know the difference between good sound or even a palette of sounds like shades of color. I, I just became obsessed with sound and that has stuck with me and that's important. But the way I got there was completely different. So in a nutshell, that's why I stopped practicing scales so often. Every once in a while, I'll practice some scales, but it's usually um, I don't know, a jazz scale or mode I'm not as familiar with, and I'm trying to use it somewhere in an improvisation or learn it. And I still do warm-up before playing. I think 
that's important. And I, but I usually warm up with slower lyrical sections of pieces before progressing on to these more quick technical sections. So I'm actually not advocating that musicians should stop practicing their scales or anything like that. And I teach all of my students to learn their scales, especially as beginners. I think it's a non-negotiable that you need to know your scales. They're like, I always tell my students, they're like multiplication tables because all of, well, most of Western music is based on scales with the exception maybe of atonal music. But to know the language, you need to know the scales that those pieces are made up of. And so for beginners, it's extremely important, just like I said, the multiplication tables. But an advanced mathematician doesn't have to go through and recite multiplication tables every morning. And it's totally fine that many people disagree with me. I know lots of great musicians who I respect highly. For instance, my old teacher. I, I have great respect for the way they play, for them as musicians, and they practice their skills every day, and it works for them. One of the guys in the class was saying that to him, taking out his guitar and going through his scales is almost like a ritual that kind of helps him get in the right mindset to perform. And so that totally works for him, and that's great. I think my point is more that different people learn differently and practice differently. And so you kind of have to find what works best for you. If you're the person who likes that repetitive structure, then definitely by all means. I do also want to point out, though, that there are a few examples of really great musicians that don't practice their scales. For example, Daniel Barenboim has talked about it and Martha Argerich have talked about it. And they are, many would say, two of the greatest living classical musicians. So it's not like my idea is completely new or original. Um, it's just definitely not as popular. And sometimes because something is so common, it becomes a part of a culture and people just don't question it. Another similar topic, which I won't go into depth on, but it's related to is practice time. I used to practice five, six, even seven hours a day when I was in my undergrad uh, because I just wanted to get better so much. Nowadays, I definitely don't. Uh, number one, I don't have the time to do that, but more importantly, I've learned to practice more efficiently. So if I practice three hours, I get more done in those three hours than I would have in six hours when I was a younger musician. But we're often told, or at least I was told, and many of my friends were told in undergrad, just practice hard, practice hard, you know, spend your hours in the practice room. That's the way to get better. And it wasn't really a focus of how to teach us to become efficient practicers to use our time as efficiently as possible it was actually the same class where the teacher spoke about the high emphasis on scales that he mentioned when rubenstein came to juilliard and one of the students asked how many hours should they practice and he said oh you shouldn't practice any more than three hours a day and the response of the teachers was to tell their students, oh, no, 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 you, you have to practice harder than that. You, he's Rubenstein, but you are, I mean, you're a student, so you need to practice more. Which is an interesting thing, 
because you have Rubinstein, this master of music, this great pianist, telling the students one thing, and the teachers are telling the students another thing. Why is it that that would happen? Well, sometimes things just become so cultural that we accept it as the norm and we don't really question it. So when I made that statement about practicing in scales, I didn't really expect that it would be so controversial because I'm always thinking about why we do the things we do, and especially when it comes to things that are more, say, ritualistic. However, because of the response that it generated, it made me keep thinking about it, and I definitely thought I wanted to talk about this because it's something that I don't hear discussed a lot in terms of the alternatives of practicing. So um, I'm curious to know what anyone thinks. If any of you guys have comments, please let me know. For anyone who's listening on Spotify or Apple or Stitcher or any other platform, be sure to check out my YouTube channel. It's josh.v.music. You'll find some of my vlogs up there, as well as recordings of pieces or performances. So as always, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you stay tuned for when the next episode of Between Movements comes out.